And then there was time, and time waited for no man. And it was 12 o'clock on a Friday, and they said, let there be wow, and there was. Hi, it's wow ergonomics. <laughs> me, Graham Coates. A very dramatic start to this it was. Uh, this Friday. Yeah, I thought so. Very good. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. I, I'm, I'm looking for a BAFTA. Oh, well. <laughs> can't, can't find it. Don't know yeah. where it is. But, uh, Need to look harder. <laughs> yeah, it's never going to happen. <laughs> not, not in a month of Sundays. Although, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, next Monday might be a prize-winning performance. Okay. Did you, did you see uh, my post this morning on LinkedIn? I've rushed back from Manchester this morning, so I haven't seen anything on LinkedIn. I'll be brutally honest with you, Graeme. Please tell me more about it. Okay. Uh, so this morning, I uh, our guest, by the way, has just messaged me to say she's coming now. Um, right. I set up last week an interview for Monday okay. next week. Right. Um, and then I used it this morning to talk about using humour when you post on social media mm. um and you know is that okay to use humor in in a business context just just on that aside for a second what do you think I, I, yeah i think you've got to i think you know we, you can you can take business too serious there's nothing wrong with a little bit of humor it's all about relationships and engaging if it, and, and jokes and a little bit of banter sort of breaks down the barriers and gets the conversations going gets people to open up i'm absolutely all for it Brilliant. Well, listen, while, while we're on that, let me bring the special guest in. Then we can all talk about this together because yeah. that would be brilliant. I think she's just putting her in-ears in. She's incredibly professional, you see. And she can hear me now, so she's smiling. All right. Uh, we are going to introduce our special guest for today. Uh, by the way, this is Wow Ergonomics, if we haven't said that already, sponsored by Backer Elkhausen. That's the uh, the name you can see at the top there. Uh, but the name's going to now disappear so that we can shuffle up, make room, for Ella. Ella, thanks for joining us. Look Good at that morning. smile. Good morning. I was putting my earrings in. I could hear you the whole time. I was like, Lord Jesus, it is early. Oh, before, I thought you were being incredibly professional and putting in-ears in and all of that sort of thing. There you go. Ella, we will we'll allow you to introduce yourself in a minute, etc. But you've walked straight into a conversation. Mm. We were just saying, my post this morning, just telling a little story. My post this morning is to do with an interview that I am doing on Monday, okay? Um, for those of pe people that don't know, outside of WOW Ergonomics, I do do some other stuff as well. Um, I have my own music podcast. And on Monday, I'm interviewing a musician, but a musician with a difference, okay? Because she's a comedic musician. And I was just asking everybody on LinkedIn, is it okay to use humour when you post? Um, what do you, what's your take on that, right? Yeah. Um, have you met me? <laughs> <laughs> See, that's it. Timing, timing. Yeah, exactly, right? I I don't I don't think that everything has to be so doggone serious. And I'm thinking about um, a time that I was in a show, and um, there was another person in the cast who, um, the, while the show, you know, had all of its technical challenges, and yes, we needed to get knowing what we needed to know, um, this particular person was just very dogmatic about everything. And like, if it was not written on the paper, 
it was not and i'm talking about like note for note Ooh. okay on on I'll songs that were not necessarily like note for note songs oh it was just you know just had to be transcribed <laughs> and and the lack of ability to find the joy in those moments and when things would go um awry for instance i um I, it was scary in the moment <laughs> and it was not funny in the moment but it was funny afterwards the fact that there was a night that i got somebody's costume got somebody i was in the wrong costume now it just so happened that the dressers backstage because everything's going so fast right and we have people dressing us backstage and they didn't go to my pile they went to a dancer's pile and the only reason why we, because the dancers had different costumes and the singers were so close right so i go there's we finally get it fixed before we can say but were we ooh, were we stressed about it because we only had two seconds to change <laughs> <laughs> but after, I, look, I'm laughing about it now. And it was funny, um, you know, even a month or so later. But that particular person was like, oh, how could you do? It was just never found the humor in it. I was like, the first, not the person who, who caught you, what? it was somebody else. Somebody else <laughs> wasn't, oh. wasn't even their issue. But <laughs> well, you see, but there was comedy and, in that. Yeah, exactly. And and the thing is, I mean, we're, we talk on this show about health, well-being, you know, Thing, things like ergonomics, whatever that is. Um, but we talk about those things, but they, they are very human things. In fact, the other the other name really for ergonomics is human factors. And the, they're, they're, this is the, this is the thing, you know. Humor is part of the human, mm. right? So when people say, "Oh, this is a business platform," this is you know you shouldn't be you shouldn't be using it's humor easy. here. I'm so sorry. You might hear my son come in because he forgot to tell him that. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. Hi, son. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's fine. A bit of humor. A bit of humor already. Go go with it. It's it's fine. Good good morning, baby. Daddy is downstairs. Can you close that door, please? Thanks. (laughs) No, that's fine. At least you didn't do what that guy did on uh, BBC TV uh, when he was being interviewed. Um, (laughs) Shut up! I told you it's a school day. We, we no, 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 it's absolutely fine. <laughs> but, the, but the thing is, no, it is. It's it's human, and I think actually, it's a, there's a, a very important point here, which is that if we don't sometimes use humour to to actually break down a situation which can be quite uncomfortable for people, then I think actually we don't necessarily reach people in the way that we need to reach them. Sometimes it's it's an important point. Um, so very quickly to finish off the story, Monday, if anybody wants to watch it, I am interviewing the wonderful Lorraine Bowen, who's also known as the Crumble Lady, who, if you can remember that from Britain's Got Talent, that show, uh, she was the one that got the golden buzzer from David Wellims um, for singing the Crumble song, um, which and is... And then a song about cookies? About crumble cookies. Uh, well, no, well, yeah. So crumble in the UK, uh, crumble is basically it's. Uh, what, what should we say? It's like stew. I would say if you imagine, well, it's imagine your apple pie in the US. Take off yeah. the pastry on the top and put sort of like a a bread curd, sugary bread crumb on top and then bake it. So that's the the crumbly bit crumble. on the top. There you go. I have made yeah. a crumble. Yeah. 
Okay. And we call him so Crumble here. It's a song. It's a song about Crumble, but it. But in the middle of it, the third line of it, which is how I started my post today, um, is, uh, I've got one in the oven, right? Hi. Hi, there. Hey. Hi. Look at this. We start them young on this show, right? Yeah. Special guest. That special guest. Look at that <laughs> special special guest. Bye. Bye. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. I love that. I love that. So. Um, yeah, no, it's adorable, by the way. Um, Thank you. We, yes, it's so the, the first, the, the third line in is I've I've got one in the oven, which of course here, I don't know whether that translates to America as well, but that, that obviously means there's a double entendre. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can mean yeah. that you can mean <laughs> that you're you're up the duff, you're you're pregnant, um, etc. And, and it and it it, it kind of as the song starts, you think, well, it's a song about making a crumble. And then that that comes in and it's it's a little bit funny. Uh but yeah, we will be talking to be talking to Lorraine, find out what it's like to uh be the star of uh all of that attention from David Williams. Nice. Who's a who's a very funny guy. So Ella, tell us a little bit about you. Well, you've given, uh... you've hinted already, you've been in shows. I, I have been in shows. I've been a professional entertainer for over 20 years. Um, wow. I stopped counting at 20. So. <laughs> 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 um, and, uh, and right now, along with being a professional entertainer, I'm also a virtual event producer. Um, shameless plug, I produce an event of my own every, uh, every other week, so the first and third Wednesday of every month called The Business Breakout where I interview uh, people in business, people in entertainment. And also, if you join us in Zoom, you get a behind-the-scenes look at how I actually run events. So, uh, so yeah, that's fun. we got the next one coming up this Wednesday. Cool. <laughs> what do you make, while we've got you here, what do you make of the ability for people, ordinary people, to come onto platforms like LinkedIn and do stuff like this, what you know? What's you? How do you feel about? It? You know, tell us more. How do how do I feel about it? Yeah. Like how how do I feel about ordinary people making shows and things? Yeah. Um, I think it's great. It's what it's it's the people I love helping. Those those are people that I help. <laughs> yeah. So that Absolutely. they can have. They can have shows that are valuable, not only to their audience, but also elevates their brand. Because what I've seen oftentimes is that um, while people follow the old adage, just do it, and I'm all for it, just do it. Some of the things that we just do um, don't always help the brand in the long run. I think it's a great way to get started but as, it can, as you continue on and you get past those jitters, okay, now it's time to think about the whole of your business. And if you're still coming in looking kind of sloppy, um, then there, there's an element of trust that comes from having things be a bit more polished. And all of that I'm saying with a grain of salt, because all of those things really depend on your brand. And sometimes people miss that and don't understand, okay, how much of this, 
how much of this needs to be uh, in this way and how much of it needs to be like high, high, high polish. Some people's brands are not high, high, high polish. Like they're overall, that's not their thing. And, but there's still an element of let's not leave a mess in the room. Mm. <laughs> and that's one of the reasons I wanted to get you on because, I mean, in a way we do very similar things, but right. I've been saying in this sector, you know, people have kind of shied away from doing anything like this for so long. In fact, they're still shying away from doing anything like this. You know, there's there's a traditional way of doing business, etc. And, you know, that I'd still say this sector is kind of probably 10 years behind in that most people are still putting out advertorial posts. They're just playing very, very safe in terms of the way that they're presenting their information to people, etc. But they're missing a massive trick because they're not creating, which is why we started the show in the first yeah. place, right? You know, if you talk about a lot of the stuff that people put out there about ergonomics, it's pretty dull, right? It's pretty boring. <laughs> yes. Sorry, folks, but it's true. Um can we just and, make the make the exception being the Baccarel cows and marketing team, of course? So that's yeah, that. absolutely, I, 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 absolutely. Apart Otherwise, I'll be in big trouble when I finish this show. <laughs> but it, you know, it's true. It, it, it's kind of like, oh, you know, we've got to we've got to kind of play it safe. We've got to we've got to pl play it within the sector. But actually, what they're doing is they're they're shouting out all of the time within an echo chamber. Everybody, everybody within the sector that already knows all of this stuff goes, yeah, well done, that's brilliant, you know. Everybody right. else that actually needs to hear the message, none of them are hearing it, right? Because right. they're not they're not looking at it. And also what you haven't done is you haven't put your message in the middle of the places where other people are trying to find it. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think and, that too has to come with a misunderstanding of how this particular platform of LinkedIn works. Um, and I'm not going to sit here being a LinkedIn expert. But I will spot off the things that I've learned, you know, over the last year. <laughs> um, and I'm sure you guys know this too now that when it comes to LinkedIn, the way that we communicate with with people is is very different than on other social platforms. Um, that I haven't necessarily dug all the way deep into. So I'm just saying these things without having exact knowledge. <laughs> But I feel that LinkedIn is different in that when I go and um, comment on something that Steve has post Stephen has posted, it shows to all of Stephen's people. That's not how things work on other platforms. Mm. And in to to tie that in with what you're saying, with people talking into an echo chamber, if you are not clear on who your people are. And not looking at, when you're looking at LinkedIn and connecting with people, not looking at who they're connected to, then you are going to continue to talk into an echo chamber. If yeah. you're connecting with people that are in the same business as you, and they are connected to people in the same business as you, then they are connected to the people that are, you know what I'm saying? Just <laughs> oh, sweet music, sweet music. How many times have I said this? You said it a lot, Graham. And the interesting thing is, though, why do they do that though? That's the interesting thing. Why? Is it a number of reasons? Is it because of, is it lack of confidence? Is it lack of 
vision? What's the main driver behind people continuing to shout in that echo chamber and not stretching out and widening their network? What's the main fundamental behind that, do you think, Ella? Because they don't know. Like I said, people don't understand this platform. And yes, it's changing all the time, but the basic fundamentals of it are not understood. On social media as a whole, it really was, especially because, you know, with Facebook kind of being the, the first one out of the gate, um, it was really meant to connect you with the people on your campus, the people that were in your echo chamber. And that has permeated the whole of social media, even though now we understand that, yes, we can connect with other people, but the purpose of LinkedIn was very different. And it had to do always from the beginning networking. Mm. It had now in the beginning it was networking and connecting with people who wanted to get some jobs from, which meant mm. that you had to connect with somebody that was outside of your echo chamber because you've already talked to the people in yeah. your chamber because they were sitting with you beside you. <laughs> but LinkedIn gave you the opportunity to go to a networking event and meet people that you've never met before. And I feel like as time has gone on, because people look at LinkedIn as just a business place and not thinking about it in the fun networking event, because it wasn't a fun networking event mm. in the beginning. Mm -hmm. But it has since become a fun networking event with networking be, being the key word that is not necessarily social media. Mm. It is a very different place. Mm. But people's mindset on Facebook. Now, here's a question. Then it's interesting you've said that. It suddenly got me thinking. I wonder if Facebook hadn't existed or LinkedIn had come along first, no. would people's engagement with LinkedIn? Be, if, let, let's let's imagine that world where Facebook doesn't exist. Would people have diff, have, re, have engaged with LinkedIn differently from the start? Has Facebook had too much influence on how they've started and continued their LinkedIn engagement? That's an mm. interesting question. Very interesting. That's a very interesting question. I I don't know because mm. um, because it's still the same people that started it. Yeah, they still started it with the same mindset um, and with the same get connected to the people that can give you a job title. Um, I don't know that people would have begun to look at it any differently. I think that the only reason why I'm over here now um, is because I began to realize that this is what LinkedIn has become. Because just like everyone else, we've all had we all had a LinkedIn account since what 2012. When did it start? We all have one, but who was here? Nobody. <laughs> well, I I I actually looked yesterday. Okay. Um, I joined I joined LinkedIn in 2011. Okay. Oh, how'd yeah. you find that out? It's on your profile. It's Hang much on. easier to find it on your phone. But if you actually look oh, at your okay. profile on your All phone right. and say uh, there's a little info button where if you do that and it says yeah. date joined and it will tell you when you joined. We're looking so, right now. There you go. <laughs> oh, December, well, 2000, December 2010. There you go. So you were on here before Where me. did you it, look? Yeah. 
uh, it was under pro- it was profile, wasn't it? And I think I went under it went under more in more more info more button and then said about this profile with little. Everybody's doing this at home now. If yeah. you're watching this live, right? you're doing this at home. You're trying to you're trying right. to see. You want to know when I joined? Yeah, Go on, then. I had not seen. May 2010. Oh, beat me by seven months. When I, when I tell you I've been here since the beginning, I have been here since the beginning. <laughs> yeah. And I'll tell you something, right? Because at that beginning as well, LinkedIn looked really different than it. Basically, mm-hmm. I, I refer to the, be- the beginning of LinkedIn looked like a professional Rolodex system. Now, for anyone that knows what a Rolodex system was, if you're yeah. old enough to remember, it's basically one of those card systems where you had like, uh everybody's names in your business and that's what it was like it was almost yeah. like who do i know and it's kind of like oh i can look them up and i can the then feed, find the it. feed then... bit wasn't the bit the, the, the main feature wasn't ah, the feed it was the no. connection list wasn't it that they sort of drew that's you right in. it was literally kind of like here's my list of contacts and i can yeah. basically like use this as a messenger for other business contacts mm. there was none of this exactly. kind of like anybody showing you know nice selfies of themselves or anything like that it was just it was none of that was there nobody was nobody was posting pictures of dogs nobody it was just just, or birthday cakes or birthday cakes but the thing is and actually going back to your question which was a fascinating question is i'm glad facebook existed because and i'm glad that facebook went the way that facebook went because Otherwise, LinkedIn may have stayed like mm. it was for a lot, lot longer, right? I mean, actually, I those posts where people go, well, this isn't Facebook. Nonsense. You know, it isn't Facebook. Of course, it's not Facebook. But actually, what it is, is it's learned from Facebook. Every social media platform learns from every other social media platform, Right. And it constantly has to do that, right? We constantly have to, to, to look at how people are engaging with information, full stop. And an and aspect of that has to come into every platform. And there are big elements of Facebook, probably earlier Facebook, that have come into LinkedIn and are now better than Facebook was. For me... Facebook has moved from there to there mm. and LinkedIn has moved from there into that a, a lot of that Facebook space, but still with a lot of elements which make it much more useful as a business platform. Mm. And, and, and I actually quite like the people being on the platform who are pulling, creating the tension all of the time and saying, we don't want it to go too far the other way because I think the tension actually helps the platform. That's that's yeah. my, you know, that's my that's my kind of two pennies worth on there because, you know, you do need a platform that's got uh got, got kind of some kind of compass to it. I mean, look what happens when you have a platform maybe like X, that was Twitter. I'm sorry, what was that? Who is, what is that platform? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when you have a platform where it loses any kind of moral compass, etc. Then, and anything goes. Then, actually, mm. you you end up with a stream full of stuff that no, you know, that nobody necessarily wants to sit in. 
but actually where you've got some tension and people are going, oh, is it okay for, to put this because, you know, is this business enough? And, and that's always the tension. I think actually that's good because it makes everybody think a little bit about what they do put out there. Yeah. Where, where X or Twitter or whatever it is, it just seems to be like a brain dump, doesn't it? People just throw any old rubbish out there. There's I quite no, enjoy that as well, though. Do you, yeah, sometimes yeah. I do. Some maybe, yeah, maybe I do. Actually, I'm saying that, but but sometimes there, there is no thought, and maybe that's just good. Sometimes that there isn't any thought as to what people. But then people then don't think about what they're putting out there, uh, and and then all. you can't take stuff back once you put it on there. <laughs> there's a trail, so it, it's that it sort of draw, it draws you in that, oh, oh, he's doing it, so I'm going to do it. And then you go, why did I put that on there? Oh, you say that, you far. can actually do that now. You can do that on X if you pay. If you pay Elon Musk money, right? Uh, then you can actually delete your own you tweets. Now. You can take it back after? You can take it back, yeah. Wait a yeah. minute, I have to pay you money to take back what I said? Yeah, yeah. exactly. What a, great, what a business plan that is, right? You can right? only take it back if you pay me. If you don't pay me, you can't take it back. Wow. That's what he's I, saying, basically. I have I have had a Twitter slash X account, and hopefully you can hear me better now because I always forget that stream because I don't use StreamYard very often, and I always forget that it jacks up my microphone um, and changes it to something completely different when I get on here. So hopefully <laughs> I sound a whole lot better now that I've actually, I'm using my actual microphone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I've had a Twitter account since the beginning as well and didn't didn't really use it so and i definitely haven't used it in the last since x has become twitter has become x that's such a weird it's a it's such a weird thing for me to hear that it's called x now because because he's had this strange obsession with the letter x he's been trying he's been trying to x something for yeah, yeah. Years well, I'm just heart. I'm just waiting for someone to come along and do like a, a version of the the parrot sketch by Monty Python around <laughs> X the platform. Do you know what I mean? Does everyone, I just does that, showed my everyone... son Monty Python for the first time the other day. Oh, <laughs> right. Okay. Do you know the parrot sketch? The I parrot don't sketch know that sketch. Is, the parrot sketch on, is the famous right. sketch where the guy goes into the into the shop and he buys a Norwegian blue parrot, right? Who has been nailed on his perch in this cage, right? And and hence is uh, dead. Um, and the whole thing goes in there, it goes into a diatribe at some point because he he goes on about, oh, it's it's the reason that it's not moving, or the shopkeeper says, the reason it's not moving, sir, is because it's tired. And he goes, tired? <laughs> <laughs> this parrot wouldn't move if you put 40,000 volts up its you know, and then he goes into this parrot has ceased to be. It's an ex parrot. It's an ex parrot. So I think it'd be great if someone did like a little parody of that and uh, oh man, got the X I mean, in it, there. What we were funny if I was talking about this yesterday, but what it really shows up as to how people haven't bought into this whole X and X thing. If you ever look, Graham, on the BBC News website, and if they yeah. ever talking about a comment that someone's made or something said in the article. It's always X, formerly known as Twitter. Twitter. In other words, if you if you just left it as X, half the population have not got a clue what you are talking about. So they have to use this extra bit every single time. Yeah, I can't remember. I'm going to look. I'm going to look now. Actually, Uh, oh yeah, no, there you go. 
it is still there. If you look at the URL, mm. if you go into it now and you look at the URL for X, it still says Twitter. Yeah. It's still Twitter.com. <laughs> Bless there. Bless there. I think it never come back. Because I think it's never probably come back already something. Yeah, yeah. At, the, at, by, at this point, someone has already claimed the letter X. Yeah. That wasn't Sesame Street. Mm. So... Yeah. And should we, I'm, I'm going to be, oh, wait a minute. Okay. Well, are you saying that if you put in x.com, it goes to twitter.com? It goes to twitter.com, yeah. Yeah, because that's, okay, that's what I just did. Okay, so they did get the x.com and decided to keep it twitter.com? What? Yeah, I know, right. <laughs> now I understand where you're going. Hilarious. I just I just think that's that's absolutely peach, isn't it? It really is. Uh, let's talk. Let's talk about branding, actually. Um, because that is that's a bad example of branding. I, what the other thing I don't understand as well, talking about consistency. I mean, it's really important to be consistent with with branding across the board, but also, you know, he's got he's got X the platform. I can understand he's trying to bring that on. But that's why he's transferred it to X because he's wanted to keep that on brand. He's got SpaceX, but he's got Tesla. Why is it, why why are those cars not called X cars? I don't know. I literally only heard <clears throat> this explanation about him with X and the fact that that's literally been in his back pocket. He's been trying to name something X exclusively for. Didn't he call one of his kids time. X? Did he? Oh, I don't know. I think he's. I think what he's. His kids have got very interesting names, and I thought I one of them's his... got X in the name. Stephen will now confirm. I'm just. Yeah. I only go down that. so far down the rabbit hole of Elon Musk. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've we've gone oh, hang to on my a second. Hang on, he he has one called X. Yeah, there you go. Really? No. Yeah, he's, he's got the. It's an X kid. There's so really one called. There is one called X. Parents do X A E A hyphen twelve A. Yeah. No. Yeah. Musk. No. <laughs> I told you. Yeah. There oh. you go. One hundred percent foolproof. But yeah, it just it just amazed me. Uh, you know, yeah. there's that it just doesn't work. In terms of in in terms of the work you, you do, um, bring it over to ergonomics a little bit and 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 well being. How are you seeing when you're talking to people out there? How are you seeing? a shift in, in the last few years in terms of the way people are looking after self, both, you know, on digital platforms, et cetera. How, how are you seeing, is there a, are you seeing a shift? Well, in terms of the event space, um, I think that people are more willing to talk about those things. So I'm thinking about um, a person that I've been talking with recently in the medical space and um them speaking about the well-being of of the doctors themselves. And I think about that when I also think about my sister, who happens to be um, a nurse midwife. And the the care that she has to take of herself, it's something that the way that she takes care of herself in some ways is foreign to some of the nurses that are around her. And um, the fact that she's very staunch on her needing X amount of time to recover from 
bringing life into the world. <laughs> to some people is foreign because in that field, you know, you just go, 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 go. On the, uh, on the end of that spectrum though, is doctors who are too tired and you're wondering if, should, should you be cutting me open right now? I mean, have you, have you slept? <laughs> Cause you don't look like you've slept in at least 75 hours. <laughs> so do you, do you know what? I'm so glad you brought that up because I've often wondered that I've often wondered that you watch these documentaries on TV where it's, you know, they, you know, the life of a hospital or whatever. And you, you watch as really highly paid, highly skilled surgeons are falling apart under pressure and sitting there going, oh, well, I've got, I'll probably get 10 minutes sleep now. And then, oh, my buzzer's gone again. And you just think, now, if, if you were a driver in a, you know, heavy goods vehicle or something like that, you can't do that. No, no, absolutely. My father happens you, to be a driver. Right. Okay. You've got you've got a taco meter. You have to stop every so often. You have to physically have a rest or whatever. If not, you you get in big trouble. You're getting you get fined. In, you getting fined. You could get arrested. All yeah. of that sort of thing, right? And yet we think that's okay for a healthcare professional that's about to cut off the top of your head and right. start operating on your brain to have that. I think the. I, I mean, I've never had this thought until right now we're having this conversation because you have to have, you have to think, where did that mindset come from? And I'm going to think that the mindset came from the fact that in the beginning of doctoral times, there was only one, there was only one per town, if there was even one in the town. Mm -hmm. So that person had to be on call because there was no one else. Now that we've come into 2023, I don't know where we are when it comes to people that are going into the medical field, how many of them are still doing it, do we have enough, but I would imagine that if we take on more of a cast effort, <laughs> that, that, <Nice. laughs> that, you know, understanding that these are the people that are in your show, so you might see Dr. Ryan um, but if it's at this particular hour, you might see Dr. Moesha because we want your doctors to be rested while they're taking care of these major issues with you. So you may yeah. not see the same doctor all the time, but yeah. rest assured that they, the ones that are, are assigned to you at know the your same cases. Level. Yes, they yeah. are all at the same level and they all understand your case thoroughly because they only have a certain number of cases. I don't know how possible that is with with how many doctors are in a particular system, or if that's even a thought that's passed through their minds of how to mitigate those, those situations. I'd love to hear from any medical people out there as to, you know, whether we're that's solving problems today, or whether, or whether that we're just, you know, putting pie in the sky, but yeah. we're, we're solving problems. That's what we're doing. <laughs> it's interesting though though i bet you for i bet you for every person who likes that availability of someone there'll be someone who wants to see the same person all the time yeah and i oh, want to see uh, i want to totally. see I, I want to see this doctor every time i go to that practice i see somebody else some people like that consistency and routine and don't feel comfortable seeing somebody different and i guess graham with your wife from the the dental profession 
I guess that potentially falls into into what she would see as well is that some people will like to see the same dentist or orthodontist and when they get offered someone else it throws them out of their comfort zone yes it does but at the same time i think we're going to have to get used to a future where you don't necessarily see the same person and i, I think ella's right there and and I, I think i think there's something very real about what you're saying there ella is i wonder if one of the problems we've got at the moment is there's not enough people going into the profession but I wonder whether there's not enough people going into the profession because people are looking at it. And this is not just the medical profession. This is things like accountancy as well. This is things like, you know, this this is across the board in lots of um, workplaces. I wonder if people are looking at it and going, actually, my health, my well-being is important to me. And I wonder whether this is kind of a knock-on effect from COVID and, and that whole period where people have suddenly really kind of introspectively looks and go well what is important to life we all nearly died there you know let's let's put this into perspective I, I only get this one life here and I, i'm going to make this count and I, I i'm not i'm not going to just you know burn my life away in that that thought process are people looking at jobs now and going well why should i do 90 hour weeks burn myself out i need all of this balance i need everything in order to be good and actually if we had more job share we'd and allowed people you know to to have more rest etc perhaps we'd actually get more people going in maybe it's not all about money anymore maybe it's not a case of well yeah but actually you only get people in if you get the reward right maybe part of the reward will be actually no i don't want to work full-time and be a doctor i want to work part-time and be a doctor you know so i can do it properly and i can live at the same time i wonder whether anyone's actually asking anyone at especially in the younger generations that are coming through are people asking those people Mm. what do you want from these professions how would you like these professions to look for the future so that actually we start getting this model right yeah I think that it would be an interesting poll if there was a way to poll the world or at least poll each country, at least poll each country. I have a feeling that some of the things that we're talking about, though, and I I mean, having not been to Europe, um, I feel like some of these things are are country dependent. Mm. And um, I know that in the U.S., it's just it the the model is that in whatever profession if you're not working a bajillion hours then then you're not doing things right then you can never be successful but if you go what i hear you know or what i've seen like when i go to places like the caribbean and we would go because i worked on cruise ships for a while when i would go down there and we would get to certain islands and if you got there around two o'clock well oh well you don't sucks to be you because we're closed until four yeah 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 why the ship decided they wanted to land here when they know we're closed i mean i guess you can go to the beach but that's it you're not gonna get anything in the shop because we're sleeping yeah (laughs) yeah and i think we still have that prevailing in the uk don't we and we've said that before and it actually impacts heavily into the kind of uh, the whole ergonomic community and and some of the things that we try and do with people, which is that actually when you go into 
a, a, a business and you start talking to people about what they're doing and how they're doing it and you say things like you do need to set yourself up properly or you do need to have breaks away from the workstation they're like oh yeah but time and you wonder how much of that is management or how much of it is just ingrained in our psyche that if we are not at the screen doing this we're not working and other people around us are going to look at us and go you're lazy you're the lazy one because you go off to the water fountain every now and again and get a cup of water that makes you lazy you go to the toilet that makes you lazy you know you, you go and you go and take a walk and talk to someone you're lazy you're not doing your work you know, it's it's mad. We've got to, yeah. we've got to get out of that headspace. Yeah. You know? I just was listening to um, a podcast episode before I came on to yours. Uh, and this, I don't know her name. I had never actually seen her before. And I don't know the name of this marketer who she was speaking with. I've seen him before, but I don't know his name. But he was referencing um, John Cleese's book. I think it's John Cleese's oh, yeah. book about creativity. <clears throat> and... Uh, a study that he had in with architects and architects who were deemed to be creative and architects who were nominated anonymously as being non-creative and the way that they approached their work and seeing that the creative people kind of would, they would get the job and be like, let me see and wait for creativity to strike. Whereas the people that were deemed non-creative would be like, and go, we've got the job, let's go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but obviously the people valued the creativity of those that were deemed to be creative um, and didn't necessarily hold it against them that they needed to take their artistic time to to come up with, with whatever uh, architecture they were going to come up with. But I don't think that that is it's interesting that that's not necessarily across the board in every single field. Um, and while I love the term creative in the traditional sense, being artists and, and singers and dancers and things, I do believe that there is creativity in every single field. You have to be creative. You have to be able to come up with creative solutions when something doesn't work in the traditional way, like in the medical field. You have to have a sense of creativity to be able to sculpt someone's body back to the original um, as it this was. actually goes exactly what you're saying here goes exactly back to the conversation we had last week where I, I said that we need to give people time we, we, it's, a, it's a incredibly strong ergonomic principle that we forget all of the time which is giving people time just time yeah. to I've, I've told you this or we've discussed this but now you need time just to work out what that means to you because if you don't if you don't give people the time to do that, basically they're just taking information and then running with it without really mm. processing it, and it wastes time. Because what happens right. is people just get on with stuff, and then get halfway through and then go, "Oh my god, I just realised gone down yeah. the the wrong route." Route. I've completely. gone down the wrong route. Yeah. Yeah. And now I've got to rewind again. So yeah, yeah, you like that bit of acting. It was good. One. Yeah, I did. Um, yeah, thank you. And uh, that's where the BAFTA comes in, or doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> or doesn't? Please vote for me for a BAFTA. No. Anyway, but but yeah, it's true. You absolutely, I absolutely agree with what you're saying there, Ella. We we need to give people more time. Now, talking about time, 
It has reached that time. Ella, you've been a brilliant guest, by the way. Thank yeah, you so thank much. you. Fabulous. Um, we have got a little bit of footage, which is now giving going to give uh, me, Ella and Steve, a little bit of an opportunity just to uh, take a break for a minute. Uh, in the middle of this broadcast, uh, we're going to watch very quickly Stephen at what, Stephen? It was an an ergonomic event that we, a collaborate, collaborative ergonomic event that took place yesterday. Uh, Flock. Uh, chair manufacturer. They've got a great showroom up in Manchester. So we had a great collaboration event where we got lots of customers to come in and talk about product and touch and feel product and 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 just really sort of catch up and really sort of immerse ourselves in the in the world of ergonomics. What I must say though, Graeme, you've got a professional performer in Ella and then you're going to show my awful iPhone video. So I, I, I'm yep. actually not going to be able to watch this. This will not win a BAFTA. <laughs> I everybody, everybody, please, please. I promise enjoy. I'm not judging. I'm not everybody. judging outwardly. I'm judging. You can please, judge. Please, please, judge. please hold up whatever number you want to give this from one to ten <laughs> as it comes to the stage. Right, Stephen, where are you? Can you guess from the glass door behind me? Yeah, it says because <laughs> it's backwards. Exactly. It is. I am at Flock Showroom in Manchester because it is the big day. It is the big ergonomic event we are holding at Flock Manchester with Andrew Shepherd from Flock, Laura and Richard from Ergotron, and myself from Back at Elkhausen. So the day has finally arrived. Oh, amazing. Uh, let's have a look round. What, what, what have you got there? So here we go. So here's our sort of uh, section where we're going to introduce everyone. So you can see all the brands, a bit of Ergotron, a bit of Back at Elkhausen, a bit of Flock. And then we'll just make our way through the showroom. Very nice. So we've got a little section here. Can you see that okay? A lot of backer kit on display. Oh, I can see that. And look at that. It's a, and, it's a tin of Pringles. And I'll remove the, the uh, can of Coke that I've left there. Yeah, Pringles are here. Um, <laughs> and then the much-discussed the much Energy by Light. Um, yeah right next to my setup. So we're going to be talking about energy by light a lot. Uh, on the far side, can you see a lovely little setup over here? Yep. So we've got the lovely uh, Capisco from mm -hmm. uh, our friends at Flock. We've got a lovely uh, monitor arm uh, from our friends at Ergotron. And then, of course, a couple of little backer cows and accessories in there as well. So that's what we've got downstairs. And then I'm going to head there's a, there's a downstairs and an upstairs. Look at this. There's a downstairs and an upstairs. So let's go upstairs. It's a bit like, um, who was that person who was in the helicopter, did all the stuff back in the day on Treasure Hunt? It's a bit like Annika Rice, isn't it? Annika Rice, yeah. yeah. Well, so except you haven't got the blue and yellow jumpsuit. <laughs> no, no. And probably not the same derriere either. So, uh, no, no, I was going to so say, there's no shots of your backside, are there? But yeah, no. this is great. This is a great little area. So I think... Uh, we've got a speaker. Oh, excuse my hand there. Um, we've got a speaker later. We've got Anthony Hilton, who's yep. going to be doing a talk about three o'clock this afternoon. He's a very well-known uh, physiotherapist and speaker. So we're expecting about 50 guests this afternoon. So wow. we're just all set up and ready. And we'll have a little look over here with a few more sort of desk setups that we've got. A bit more energy by light, a bit more backer kit, some lovely... Uh, the lovely oh and now i'll tell you what because we've, yeah. we've spoken about this piece of kit several times on the show but we've never had the opportunity to actually show people how it works 
you've got, you've got flex desk there. Just show people that because th that's something that people probably wouldn't know how it works. Yeah. So the, the flex desk. So we'll we'll yeah. home in on that. So let me just move the keyboard. So if you can see here, we've got the situation. We've got lovely desk set up. So we've got nice working in a straight line from monitor down to flex desk down to keyboard. The idea is if people are using paper. Um, you can see here, they put the paper in front of them, so they're working in a straight line. They need to bring the paper towards them rather than reaching forward. The flex desk drops down and covers the keyboard. So when, so you, again, need to, when you need to write, rather yeah. than putting that to one side and then stretching over and writing over here or, or trying to move your keyboard out the way, you keep your keyboard where it is, you bring the, the, the surface down, you write, yeah. and then when you're referring to printed material, it's yes. not, it's in line, but not only is it in line, but it's elevated slightly. Now, I wanted to bring, I wanted to bring everybody back in at that point. All right. Because Ella, have you ever seen anything like that before? I had not. You see? Completely, completely unique. There you are. Okay. There you go. Uh, that was a little clip, everybody, from uh, yeah. yesterday. And it went very well, I believe. It was very successful. We had it. It was interesting to engage with new people and also sort of reconnect with with sort of people I haven't seen for a while. So yeah, it was a really really successful event. And I think what 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 I plan to do is we sort of up in Manchester, which is sort of the north of England. Ella, I'm not sure how good your UK geography is, but it, it's something we're going to sort of take on the road. Um, you know, we're going to go down to London, but we we had a lot of interesting people looking taking it over to Ireland, maybe down to the southwest. Sort of your neck of the woods, Graham, um, Midlands. So yeah, we got a lot of really positive, positive feedback, and people sort of saying, "This is great," but can you make sure this becomes something constant and not a one-off? And it develops and builds, and you move it around, and you engage with with a lot more people. So yeah, that was that was some really really nice nice comments and feedback. That um, nice. you know, there was a lot of time and effort put in by not just me but a whole load of other people so it was nice to get that sort of feedback and you think yeah do you know what we need to do it again let's get the next one get the next one booked in the diary so taking it back to some kind of analogy about uh performance and shows and everything else Ella, how, how important is it for <laughs> see what i try and do all the time yeah how important though is it for people to be in the physical presence of stuff so that they actually understand it now you're asking this of a person who highly, highly promotes virtual. <laughs> but, but we use the we surely we use the virtual as a gateway to perhaps the real. Maybe. Sometimes and maybe yeah. not all the time. Um, my argument is that there have always been before COVID and will always be after COVID people who will never be able to make it to you in person yeah, for sure. whatever their reasons were that they weren't able to be a part of that particular in-person experience. So I feel as though some, at some, sometimes now um, virtual, and I've heard people say it, and it's one of the things that I really, really detest when people say they're using virtual as a gatekeeping mechanism, meaning that um, we're gonna we're gonna do virtual for you, and then we're gonna show you uh, what we what what it was like in person, so that you will have FOMO, and next time you'll be here in person. Yeah, right. But what right, if right, they right. couldn't be here? Obviously, if they if they if they have the opportunity to be there and experience people in person, then 
then yay. We love that. I love that energy. I love when I when I'm able to get in someone's physical presence. But sometimes like right now, I'm I'm not coming to England right now today. <laughs> no. You know? No, I, I won't be there. I won't be there today. <laughs> not that it's impossible, but <laughs> this wouldn't be happening, right? Yeah, if yeah. If we didn't have this this virtual capability. So, um I see, I see the relevancy for both. Um, mm. But I, I feel that we have to kind of stop looking at it as an either or. It's a both. Yeah, yeah. It's a hybrid of the two, isn't it? it it's, a, it's a combination, isn't it? I mean, we, you know, if I speak from our perspective as someone who makes, you know, we design and make products, mm -hmm. there's lots and lots of things you can do through this sort of virtual platform. But one of the really interesting themes that came out from yesterday was actually passing product around amongst people people touching and feeling the product and understanding it a little bit more so you're absolutely yeah. right ella there's there's a space for both and both contribute different things you can't replicate the physical engagement with a product virtually however right. the virtual side brings a lot more things you can get to a wider audience to talk about that product through a through a virtual platform like we're doing now Right. Yeah. And obviously when there's a physical product involved, would I rather have touched it, felt it, smelt it yeah. first? Yeah. But then we have Amazon and we're ordering things that we've never touched, felt, smelt, but somebody, somebody told us that it was amazing. So we decided that we have to do it because <laughs> Amazon said it was there. Someone on <laughs> so, the other side of the world gave it five stars. It must be good. Press exactly. Buy. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Didn't know I needed it until until this person told me that I needed it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's a really that actually is a really interesting mm. point. It is a really interesting point. You know, but we we do we live in a world where you can order it and it comes the same day. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you don't like it, you can send it back. Exactly. So, exactly. So therefore, you know, um. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I think it's important to have I think because as humans we are tactile beasts, I think it's important to have the tactile version mm. of something and, and be able to have tactile experiences with things so that we really understand them and, and also sometimes have those uh th those in face opportunities with people as well because I think we get something more out of that as well. But I think you're right. And actually part of what it takes, uh, what this, this helps with is knowing when you need to step in with the next part of the process, right? Right. And it's one of the reasons we've come online to do this is that we're creating the first opportunity. And it means that if we then find out that someone over here needs this education or somebody over there needs to know that, then actually we can then make a decision. Well, now we can go to them. If they can't come to us, we can go to them because we know that that's what they need, right? right? So, yeah, in a way, I don't like the gatekeeper type bit, but I do like the business sense part of that, which is let's identify where the needs are by using virtual and then let's meet people where they, where they need us to be. Yeah, it should be that way round, not the other yeah. way round. Of yeah. like this, this benefits. You know, we're gonna, you know, we're only gonna let you in. We're only gonna let you retract 
your uh, your statement if you pay <laughs> you us. Pay. <laughs> if you pay. And I think that when I'm when I'm working with a client and putting their their events together for virtual, those things are things that I'm talking about with them, making sure that they understand, you know, how much of this needs to be you know, I had had an, a client who wanted to see how how much of their event they could replicate because it was an event that was physical. And this was just last month. So they've well had time to go back to being in person, but they had um, a, a group of people that couldn't be there in person and they wanted to make this event available to them virtually. And so they said, how much of that can we bring to the virtual table? Mm-hmm. And it worked really, really well. It's a very different type of event, um, the way, what it is that they're doing and how they're making this happen. I have to ask her if I'm, she asked me yesterday if I would start promoting it, but I don't know if she meant like, can I start saying stuff about it now? Because <laughs> the next one is happening. <laughs> the next one is happening in January. So I'm like, am I allowed to talk about it? Like say exactly what it is. <laughs> I need to ask her that. <laughs> but because uh, it's very, very different what it is that she's doing. But being able to understand how much of our senses, because I think that when people think about virtual, they forget about the fact that we can utilize all of our senses. And just because we're not together doesn't mean we can't have a tactile experience, but you have to be strategic in how you put all of those senses together because people just throw things at it and then wonder why the event fails. You have to really be thinking about what's going to make sense to get people to the outcome that you've promised. You can't just throw spaghetti at the wall and hope that it works because you're spending money on this, or at least you you, you should be. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. Do you know what? I love having the mix of guests that we have on this. Mm. Because, because every single time we have someone else on that's from a slightly different area, et cetera, it's what, it's what I do anyway. But that every time we do that, everybody says something that challenges and you think this is really important. And it's also, I hope that anybody listening to this as well get exactly the same experience. I hope you, if you're listening to this and you're within the sector, you, you are thinking, am I doing this right? Is there another way of doing this? What what is it that the people out there that I'm trying to reach want? You know, I think one of the things in every sector, but certainly in the sort of ergonomics, uh, well-being sector, is that so often we do things just because we've always done them. As opposed to really thinking about, is there another way? Hmm. And it starts, it starts with finding your audience first and having a conversation with your audience that you want to have a conversation with, working out where they are, what things they're talking about, how they want to have those conversations, and then meeting them in that space, not trying to get them into your space because they probably don't even know that they need your space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they are. That's my profound thought for the day, everybody. Uh, profound. Ella, thank you very much. Thank you, very <laughs> thank much. you Ella. Great to meet <laughs> you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, everybody, for watching. Thank you to our wonderful guest today, Ella. Thank you for coming. Where, whereabouts are you? In I'm in world? Columbus, Ohio. Oh, Ooh, yeah. I'm in your morning. 
Yeah. But is, that, <laughs> is, that, is that Cleveland Browns territory? Is the Browns okay. your footy, yeah, footy team? I'm going to answer yes because I have been I have realized that I have to say yes to these things now because I'm not from here. Um, <laughs> but and this is what I just said this to somebody the other day. I find it so interesting that Ohio has berated the world so much that people know from the moment that they hear you're from Ohio. Ohio apparently has done something that said, you you better talk about the Cleveland Browns. You better talk about our people. You better talk about our football right now. Because if you don't, we're going to have some words. Because literally the minute, the minute, the very minute you found I was from Ohio, Stephen, you were like, oh, I need, I need to talk about the Browns. <laughs> yeah. Just, <laughs> like it literally just blurted out of your mouth. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> what has Ohio done to the world? <laughs> But to be fair, to be fair, I think we all do that geographically around the world with lots of different things. I reckon yeah. it's it's exactly the same. This week, for example, we've had the release of the new Beatles song, right? What? Yeah. How did I miss this? Oh, right. Okay. Well, there you are. We've had it hasn't got to new... Ohio yet. It's been we... news blocked in Ohio because okay. you've so offended had the world. The, we've had the new Beatles song, which if you if people haven't heard already, um is a, a song that uh, uh, that uh, Paul and Ringo picked up that was is a song that originally, I'm going to hopefully get this right, that John Lennon originally yeah. started on the yes. piano piece and had a vocal line for. Uh, they've been working on it. They've, they've, uh, there were some George Harrison guitar track bits, so they've put the whole thing together. They've created it into a whole new song. It's all been completed. Um, there's a very weird video. Uh, with, <laughs> with Paul and uh, Ringo wearing quite modern clothing, and then uh, the other like two weird, Beatles like kind of AGI, yeah, AGI, yeah. Well, it's kind of weird, weird, but suits anyway. But the point is, uh, this week I've seen a lot on social media of uh, people talking about the Beatles and what it did for Liverpool. And one of the things that people will say is. If you go anywhere in the world and you say, I'm from Liverpool, people immediately go, ah, oh, yes, the Beatles. Beatles. Yeah, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. You may not even like the Beatles. Right. You may, you may never have heard of the Beatles. You, you might, you know, whatever. But the one thing that you will be associated with wherever you go in the world, if you say you're from Liverpool, is the Beatles. The Beatles. And I'm guessing it's the same thing for, for you there. I became uh, aware of this when we moved here because we are not football people like at all. And so yeah. my husband and I are like, literally everyone, we're like, we, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I won't make that mistake again. <laughs> and on that note, folks, thank you for watching Wow Ergonomics or listening to it back on the old Spotify or whatever it is that you're listening to. If you've enjoyed today's programme, then please do give it a thumbs up, a follow and a listen and all of those things. Share it with people that you love and even people that you hate. Uh, and if you could rate it, that would be brilliant. Uh, you can catch up on previous episodes at wowergonomics.com. Until next time, this has been Wow Ergonomics. Please take it easy out there. Bye for now.